You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The email could claim it is from the U.S. Postal Service or other private delivery companies, but it's not. It's from a hacker. Don Hartley, Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tide or Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, here we go. Welcome into the Gary Harris Show for this Monday, January 5, 2024. I'm your host, Gary Harris. I got my main man, Justin Jones, right there in the control room, taking your phone calls on the First and Main Condominiums hotline in the hour number one and in the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline hour number two, 205-342-9904. Now, let me go ahead and get this out of the way because you can probably hear it in my voice. I'm uh, I'm under the weather today, but we're going to get through this. Uh, we're going to get through it, and, um, you know, it's just going to be I'm going to be a little bit hoarse, but, uh, but that's okay. I appreciate Justin uh, back uh, there in the control room kind of helping me out. We've got some good guests, so we're going to be fine. I'm just going to let you know, though, if I happen to call for something on the air, um, and, you know, I'll try not to, but I'm, I'm not feeling really, really very well right now. So, but we'll, <coughs> we'll hang in there. All right. I got a good show on tap for you now. I'll run it down in just a second. First, I need to tell you, though, this hour, I'm the Gary Harris Show brought to you, as always, by Alabama Credit Union, member-owned and not-for-profit. It's just a better way of banking. I encourage you to find out more at alabamacu.com. That's alabamacu.com, Alabama Credit Union Loans for Real Life. The rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership and join today and feel good about your money. And put Western Chains in your pocket. All right, here's the lineup for today. It's the Monday lineup. It means Rodney Orr from TiderInsider.com, TiderInsider TV at 930. Can't wait to get him on. What a visit weekend it was for Junior Day at Alabama over the weekend. Man, I tell you, Nick Saban may not be there, but there was nothing else that would have let you know that um, you know, there was nothing that happened that would make you think Saban wasn't there. But what I mean by that is the uh, the visits were fast and furious. There were a lot of top players, a lot of good uh, uh, tweets coming out. I mean, Alabama was very, very effective. And, um, you know, we're going to run all that down with, with Rodney Orr coming up at, at 930. But a really productive weekend, it appears, for Alabama football uh, in regards to Recruiting, and, you know, I'm really impressed with how Taylor DeVore has hit the ground running in recruiting, and as I said, you know, Nick Saban may not be there, but you wouldn't know it by the way that they're bringing him in. And Quentin Reese, who had been committed to Alabama, shut his recruitment down, the linebacker out of Ramsey High School, really intense, hard-hitting linebacker. Uh, He was the final Nick Saban commit for 2024, and now he is locked in. He'll sign on Wednesday, as will Ryan Williams and Noah Carter. So there's still going to be three big signings for Alabama in this late period. And uh, we'll talk about all of the players that were in, all the top 20, 25 guys that were in as well. That's mainly what this was focused on. Um, you know, like I said, Quentin um, Reese is a 2024 guy, and Alabama wanted to cheer him up, and they did. But the majority of the players on hand were, were 2025. Also, Bama basketball on Saturday night. I don't know what else you can say about this performance. It was just dominant. I was there. Um, they jumped on Mississippi State and never let up. I mean, it was just one of those games where a lot of times when you're up 21 or 23 or whatever they work to half, uh, the other team will make a run and get make make you a little bit nervous when you cut it down to 11, 10, 9, something like that. 
Um, but this this game, no, it just got it got it got bigger and bigger. Ninety nine sixty seven, Alabama once again just on the cusp of a hundred points. <laughs> Excuse me, came up just short with ninety nine points in that game. But the phenomenal, phenomenal performance by uh, Alabama basketball, and now it's really ratcheted up because Alabama goes to Auburn, and Auburn is right behind Alabama with two losses. Uh, but if they beat Alabama, the two teams will be tied, and I mean really tied, because they will split the home and home. Because Alabama won here in Tuscaloosa a couple of weeks ago, and now Auburn will be trying to return the favor. Nate Oates, if you're wondering, is six and three against uh, Bruce Pearl, so he can win this one, get up to seven and three, and sweep them for two straight years. That'd be pretty impressive. Um, be very impressive, in fact, and uh, would really be a blow to Auburn's SEC championship hopes because then they would not only be two games behind Alabama, but they would have lost the tiebreaker head-to-head after being swept. So it's a huge game for both teams. Um, Janai Broom has already come out the Auburn Center and said it's personal. I don't really know what that means, but I guess we'll find out. I guess he's going to be extra intense. I can't imagine that when you play your in-state rival, you need any extra intensity, but he has said that it's, uh, it's personal to him, so we'll see. But I'd love to see Alabama go down there and play well and you know, they won there last year, and um, I think they're good enough to win again. But it is going to be tough. There's no doubt about that. We will hear from Nate Oates in the show today. He uh, met with the reporters following the game on Saturday night, and uh, we will have his comments for you. And at uh, 10.30, uh, Casey Smith on golf. And uh, we look forward to Casey bringing us uh, a lot of golf info. Um, I'm just disappointed that yesterday with me not feeling well, I was on the couch all day. It was raining all day, and I would have loved to have watched the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am final round with Justin Thomas in contention. But um, it got rained out. So it was not only was it pouring down rain here in Alabama, but all the way across the country. Up in uh, California, it was pouring down rain, too. Isn't that something? And then they couldn't play the tournament today. So, um, you know, it kind of is what it is. I think that, um, you know, if you're Justin Thomas and you're right there in contention, you're just very, very disappointed you didn't get a shot at it. But if you're Wyndham Clark, U.S. Open winner, um, you're thrilled because you're the winner, you're the tournament winner after he shot that phenomenal 60 on Saturday to propel him. Uh, he is the 54 hole champion. And uh, <clears throat> I'm sure he would have, you know, he would have competed hard. But I'm, I can tell you this, he's probably happy he didn't have to go back out there. Let me just be honest with you. It's a win. So, um, whether it's 54 holes or whether it's 72 holes, a win is a win. Super Bowl week is finally here. Again, I've said before, I don't like the, I don't like the two week break, but I guess it gives them a chance to get the Senior Bowl in and the Pro Bowl games, whatever that is. I tried to watch some of it yesterday. I wasn't real interested. Justin, what was your takeaway? Did you watch any of the Pro Bowl games? No, I only saw clips, and um, it. I mean, it's cool to see like the guys just. It's really just them goofing around now in flag football and stuff like that. I didn't watch any yeah. of it, but some people I know enjoyed it. Well, you know, I, some of it. I mean, you show they show off their athleticism, and you know, there there's different things that they that they can do, and and it is you know, it's about acknowledging them. But uh, I do I do agree that going away with the football game was the best thing they ever did because it got to where you know they were out there in full pads, but nobody was hitting anybody. It was it become like tag anyway, so my, why not make it just flag football to begin with? And that's what they've done, and then they have a bunch of competitions. The NFC wound up defeating the, the AFC. And one other note, um, Brandon Miller is getting cranked up now. I mean, he is uh, he's really starting to cook. I mean, 
last night, first 30-point game, he had 35. In fact, I'm going to try to pull up his his uh, whole um, his whole stat line, which was now, – now, listen, the um, – the Hornets aren't very good. I mean, they just they just aren't. They're not good. But that doesn't take away from what he's starting to do right now in the way that he's starting to uh, perform. And um, 35 points, six rebounds, an assist, two blocks, and a steal last night. Now, it was in another loss, but he's averaging 28 points per game in his last four, 23 points per game in his last 10. So it's starting to, it's starting to click now. And that's just you know, good to see because he's got so much talent. You know, you're six nine, you're you can handle the ball, you can shoot the three, you can get out on the break, you can defend in the post. I mean, he's a complete player. Again, thirty five point six rebounds and assist to steal, two blocks, forty percent field goal, forty two percent field goal from three, and eighty three percent from the free throw uh, line last night for Brandon Miller, who continues to take it up a notch. All right, listen, we're off and running, and if you want to talk about anything, whether it's football, recruiting, uh, Bama basketball, whatever's on your mind, you can give us a call on the First and Main Condominiums hotline at 205-342-9904. Softball opens the season later this week. Baseball's right around the corner, so this is going to be that time. When you get into February, man, everything's going on at once. Gymnastics had a disappointing loss on Friday night, although, um, you know, that's going to happen from time to time in that sport. But we'll be back with more of the Gary Harris Show. Give us a ring on the First of May Condos hotline, 205-342-9904. This season of Alabama football on Tide 100.9, brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse Casino. Just a few minutes away where you can be a winner, too. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider for Alabama athletics. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. On Saturday, Alabama men's basketball picked up its fourth straight win, defeating Mississippi State 99-67 to in Tuscaloosa. After the victory, head coach Nate Oates met with the media. We've uh, been asking our guys to come out and try to put 40 minutes of both sides of the ball together. That's been the closest we've come. This is a tough team, Mississippi State's. I think they've been out-rebounded twice all year. That was one of them. We challenged our guys after the rebounding debacle at Georgia. and It, that's, it was awful at Georgia to bounce back. We did a great job. You know, it helped. You know, we, Mo Diabate, I thought, played really well against Mississippi State at their place. We, we ended up getting them almost 20 minutes. And he led us in rebounding. Judy's one rebound away from a double-double. Thought that's the best game he's probably played. He's getting more comfortable. I'll have more in a moment. You know, you hear a lot of coaches talk about class. You're not born with it, nor can you buy it. In a lot of ways, class is how you carry yourself and how you treat others. At Dex Imaging, they treat everybody with class, from their employees to their customers to their business partners. So if you need a copier and printer company that understands class, then give Dex Imaging a call. Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider of Alabama Athletics. Join us tonight for Hey Coach, presented by Alpha Insurance, live at Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Tuscaloosa. Coverage starts at 6 p.m. all across the radio network, as well as a video stream available on all CD. 
or text DEAL to 511-511. Text DEAL to 511-511. All pets are unique. Your pets' results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. Studies available upon request. As much as industry has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meet and 3 special. To you by Tidwell Chiropractic, the only third-generation chiropractor with over 26 years experience in Tuscaloosa. Call Tidwell Chiropractic at 752-2503. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Any lingering rain ending this morning, the sky clearing this afternoon. The high today, 59. Tonight, mostly fair with the low at 36. For tomorrow and Wednesday, a good supply of sunshine both days. Highs between 61 and 64. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3020 Winter Center on Tide 100.9. It's 46 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. All right, 9.15. Welcome back in to the Gary Harris Show here on Time 100.9 FM at 12.30 a.m. WTBC, Gary Harris, Justin Jones, Rodney Orr coming up at the bottom of the hour. Going to recap what was an unbelievable junior day for Alabama football over the weekend. I mean, incredibly active. And this staff is, uh, I mean, they're not looking a lot different, like I said, the Nick Saban staff with how they're recruiting and the effort that they're putting in and the uh, way that they're going after it. So you really have to admire that. Let's jump out on the first of main condominiums hotline, and Tom is going to lead us off this morning. Good morning, Tom. Hey, hey, Gary, how are you? I, well, I know you're not doing well this morning, so no. sorry to hear about that. I hope you get you feeling better. Thanks. Uh, I had a couple of things I wanted to talk with you about, get your take on, if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, have you been keeping up with the weather in Southern California? My God almighty, they had to... Uh, Cancel the final round of uh, the Pebble Beach uh, tournament. But, uh, you know, I was looking in Southern California, they're getting freaking hammered with rain. I mean, the beautiful yeah. force. <laughs> yeah, they moved, the, they moved the Bush Clash up to uh, Saturday night to beat the rain. And uh, it was supposed to be run on Sunday, and they moved it up. And uh, Denny Hamlin got the victory out there on Saturday night. But, yeah, it's been. It's been horrible. Like I said, it was so disappointing yesterday because I knew we were having, you know, wet weather here, cold and wet. But you're thinking, well, out in beautiful California, I'll be able to tune it in, watch the golf, see if Justin Thomas can make a run, and then, you know, no golf. It was a bad, it was a bad day yesterday for TV sports. You know, no, with the golf out, and I wasn't a big fan of the Pro Bowl games. I watched some of it, uh, a little bit of college basketball, but nothing that really grabbed my interest. So, you know, with football now gone, except for next Sunday, obviously. It really changes the TV calendar on on a weekend when you don't have football. That's for sure. That that that's true. And uh, but you know, I wanted uh, to ask you if uh, when Casey uh, comes on this morning at ten thirty, you know, uh, not this weekend, but the next weekend, I think the uh, the PGA Tour goes to Riviera uh, for the Genesis and. Uh, all this weather and stuff, I, I would be curious as 
do uh, do they think they could get that course ready uh, in time for a golf tournament? Now I know it's Southern California and all that kind. Of, you know, got plenty of money, but uh, I would be curious as to what his take is on the effect that all this rain would have on the Genesis, wouldn't you? Yeah, uh, and I'll ask you. I think they'll be okay because it's two weeks, like you said. They're they're at the Waste Management Open in Phoenix this weekend, and then uh, out to Riviera. So they've got they've got some time, um, and hopefully it'll get out of there. And once it gets out of there, then they can get these golf courses ready. But I'll ask him. Yeah, it's a uh, it's certainly not what you expect. Not kind of what rain that they're getting out there, and for the California swing, you're expecting um, good weather. And like I said, I'm just very disappointed that we didn't get the final round of the. AT and T in, but that's uh, that's the way it goes. Yeah, and uh, on the basketball, I, I tell you what, uh, Gary, is, do, do you get the feeling that Alabama? I know I've been kind of down on them at the front of the year, and you were saying this is a good team, and I'll give you credit, you you were right uh, for your call on how this team is, and. Uh, I don't know. It's almost like you suspected that this would be the way that, uh, the season would go. But do you get the idea that they're around? I asked Barry and Coach Sanderson this this morning. I get the feeling that they're kind of rounded into form in the regards of being a a uh, a, a well-rounded team and playing offense and defense. Do you think that you feel the same way? Yeah, I think the defense has gotten a lot better. Um, you know, Saturday night it was really good. I mean, State tried to pound it into the post, and, and Alabama just really defended well. And, um, you know, when they get up on you, we've talked about this before, Tom, when they get up and get running and get a lead on you, I mean, they can bury you, man. I mean, they can bury you because it's hard for teams to come back. It's hard to, you know, to beat Alabama, you really got to really hang in there and, uh, you know, keep the game within striking distance. And then Alabama has the ability to come back from, from big deficits. We saw that oh, at Georgia. Shoot, it's just – their way back into anything. Yeah, it's the way they play offensively, man. They can they can come back from a deficit, and then if they get on top of I you, mean, they can bury you. So, yeah, it's a fun team. I mean, this now – I'm not going to sit here and tell you a lie. I think Wednesday night's going to be tough. I, I think that Auburn's going to be highly motivated. Auburn understands what this game is about. I mean, if Auburn loses this game um, – you know they're they're in trouble. I mean they'll be they'll be two games back of Alabama and they will have lost the tiebreaker. So well, it's a you know this is a swing game. If if Auburn wins, both Alabama and Auburn have two losses. They would have split the season series. But if Alabama wins that game, Auburn's in trouble as far as the winning the SEC. I'm so telling you, I'm so this is a huge game, and you know they're going to be they're going to be you know they're going to be hyped. And like I said, Janiah Broom's already come out and said. Uh, um, you know that it's personal for him. Again, I don't know where that comes from, but you know, we'll we'll see. So, well, let me ask you this: uh, a couple of weeks sure. ago, uh, I asked our coach Sanderson. I said, in your estimation, of course, he don't like to answer questions like this. Matter of fact, he didn't answer it in directly. But uh, I said, do you feel like when we play Auburn, that Auburn has an advantage in coaching over us. And he was like, oh, you know, I don't know about that. And Barry said he didn't know about that and this, that, and the other. But listen to this now. Some guys I sit with at the game, at all the home games, they've been around for a long time. You know what I mean? And they've, uh, they, they're, 
they're retired high school administrators and, and you know, they've hired coaches. It, they know what they're talking about is what I'm getting to. And, uh, and they say that NATO has Bruce Pearl's number and that Bruce Pearl knows. Do you believe that? <clears throat> well, he is six and three against him. And I want to say, I want to say that he's three in a row. Six, that's, yeah. And I want to say, I want to say he's six and one in the last seven. I think Pearl won the first two. Now I might be wrong, but I think he did. But, um, you know, if he wins on Wednesday night, then I would have to lean toward that line of thinking. If he goes down there with all, is all that is at stake in this game, and with Auburn knowing they really have to win this game, they're going to have a chance to win the SEC. And if you're able to go down there and win on their floor in that environment with what's on the line, then, yeah, I'd have to say, listen, Nate Oates has got the guy's number. I mean, he'd be 7-3. and three. Yeah. He'd be four wins in a row. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, so this is a chance for, for Nate Oates to make a statement, too. And I know Alabama will play hard, and, and uh, hopefully they'll play well because Auburn, Auburn will be ready to go. I know that. I, I had uh, one other thing that they said, and and, uh, and I'm starting to agree with them. I, I disagreed with them at first, but uh, and they've been leaning this way all year about this team. But and then uh, Saturday night when we we went up big and everything, they said. We're, we're, I'm going on right there saying, I'm going on right now saying that this is a special group that he has assembled and has molded into a team. They say, this is a special group with a lot of uh, competitive character and twice the character that the team last year had. Oh, I, I don't know about that, Tom. I, I think last year's team had competitive character. I, I, I thought that was a that was a great basketball team. You know, unfortunately, um, you know Brandon Miller was not playing. He was he was banged up and he wasn't playing his best. And they ran into a San Diego State team that was big and physical. And we talked about it last year. A bunch of twenty three, twenty four year old guys, and, and um, you know they just got beat. And uh, you know it is frustrating. I, nobody wants Alabama to go to a Final Four more than I do. I mean, I, I promise you that. And it, it's, you know, and, and to have had the kind of teams he's had two of the last three years, it's frustrating not to get there. But uh, but maybe this will be the year. You know, this is a team that's had to do it the hard way. They lost all those games in the pre-conference. And, and, uh, but they're getting better and better and better. And maybe they'll get in and uh, get in the tournament and get on a roll and uh, take, it, take it all the way home. That would be great. See you, Gary. Thank you. All right, Tom. Thank you. All right, let's keep it going. Let's get to Phillip. Uh, on the first of Mankind of Hotline. Good morning, Philip. Hey, man. Good to see you, man. I had the crap last week. It's tough. How long did it take you to get rid of it? I'm still a lot over it, Gary. I'm, I'm back okay. today, but it, it's, um, I'm well in a week now, and it was just uh, after five days, I started feeling a little bit better, but that was, you know, iffy. But get better. Yeah. Take you uh, plenty of, uh, uh, drink plenty of fluid. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Yeah, I've been doing that. I've been taking emergency yeah. and vitamin C and, yeah, anyway. But uh, hopefully I'll, you know, it hit me, I guess, overnight, Saturday night. And yesterday I was just bleh, out of it the whole day. Yeah. <coughs> What's going on, fellas? I'll tell you, I think Nod Bruins coming from with his statements. And if you remember back in the first game, there was a, there was a segment there, I think it was in the second half where he and Waggy got tangled up, and Waggy sort of uh, almost looked like he stepped on his hand, and Broom took great offense to that and got up, and there was a little bit of a 
skirmish there. So I think that's where he's coming from. Is, is okay. Right. Yeah, I remember that little situation, but I didn't know if that was it. But I, but you know, whatever you need to do, I guess to to uh, try to play your best. I've never understood why it's personal. Well, you know, like, try to win the game. <laughs> that's that's not to be what's uh, that'll be what motivates you. But they're going to be ready to go. Like I said, you know it, and I know it. So if it's going to be a tough environment, we'll see. Alabama can go down there and, and deal with it. Yeah. Uh, Gary, one thing about the Pringle suspension that sort of, you know, frustrates me as, a, as an Alabama fan is, you know, they 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 uh, redshirted Chris Parker the first of the year probably because I, I don't know what else was going on with him, but they probably felt like they had enough bodies. And then Pringle right. gets suspended late in the year, and then there's no Chris Parker. I think Chris could have possibly done like Muhammad Diabate and, and started to blend in by this time and yeah. better help. So that's that yeah, it's, it's it's possible. There's no no doubt. But hopefully Pringle is gonna get his mind right and uh you know the fact that he, he stuck it out and he got through the two game suspension and hopefully, you know, Wednesday night he'll be back playing and, and, and use it to fuel him, you know. Maybe he'll make he'll take it personal that he got suspended and, and come back with a little bit of a you know, I the tiger himself. So that would be nice. He can, nice. You know, he's got a lot of athleticism. He really does. He sure does. And uh, well, look, man, I, don't don't talk anymore to me. Sam. Just get feeling better, and and uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. All right, thank you, Philip. Appreciate the call. All right, it's nine twenty-seven here on the Gary Harris Show. We're going to get to the break and come back with uh, Rodney Orton. That'd be a good thing. Is I'll let Rodney do most of talking in the next segment because he's got a lot to cover with. Alabama's Junior Day. Access to leading-edge technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Again, that's Dell.com slash deals. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and 511-511. Text MUSCLE to 511-511 today. All individuals are unique. Your results can and will vary. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Text may apply. The best place for your high school football coverage is right here on Tide 100.9. And online on Tide100.9.com. And we have a lot to cover. What a weekend it was for Alabama football in terms of the junior day. And I said earlier, Rodney, that, uh, listen, it doesn't look a lot different than it did when Nick Saban was here. I mean, they're getting after it on the recruiting trail and a uh, really impressive, uh, junior day over the weekend for Alabama. Let's, uh, let's dive right into it and let's start out with, uh, you know, just tying up some 2024 business. And that's Quentin Reese, the linebacker out of Ramsey High School. The last remaining Nick Saban commitment. And uh, he reaffirmed his commitment over the weekend. Really physical, uh, aggressive linebacker. And he'll sign on Wednesday, Rod. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, you know, I think it's uh, QB as he goes by QB. Uh, You know, just a really good high school player, outstanding high school player. Class 5A lineman of the year here in the state of Alabama. 
tons of tackles. I think the last couple of years, Gary, he was ranked among the top two or three in the state in terms of numbers of tackles. He makes a lot of different plays, blocks, kicks, uh, you know, just play there. Uh, you know, maybe doesn't have the ideal size, about six feet two oh five, but you know, he has really great bloodlines. His father, Quentin Reese, played at Auburn, so really outstanding player. And I think QB has a he's just an extremely bright kid. I mean, this is one of the best kids I think I've ever, you know, spoken to, just just having conversation with him and uh he's he's really focused. I think that's a that's a really big key. You know, I think you know, he's a guy that uh, even though he may not be the biggest name uh, uh, that certainly you want to have in your program because I think he can make a good contribution. Now let's get to 2025, and I don't know that we can mention everybody because it was, man, if you follow social media, they were everywhere with tweets and photos. But let's run some of them down. You had a good update on TinerInsider.com. Let's start with 2025 four-star wide receiver C.J. Wiley of Alpharetta uh, High School in Milton, Georgia. Yeah, I think a lot of those guys came in. A lot of really good wide receivers. CJ from uh, over there in Georgia is a really good player. I mean, he's, he's going to be an outstanding player. Um, I, I think, first of all, Gary, when you look at this, you mentioned you kind of uh, alluded to Nick Saban, the junior day. And you have to also understand, you know, the listeners that uh, let's take into account that, that Kalen DeBoer, you know, when he got here, he, he's been here less than a month. He had to put together a staff. He had to assemble all of these guys together. Uh, you know, he's still building his recruiting department. It looks like it's coming together extremely well. So to be able to assemble a junior day the way they have was pretty amazing. They had a lot of outstanding players here, as you mentioned. Uh, but, to, but to be able to do that in such a short period of time is, was, I think, really impressive. And, uh, you know, just following the guys on Twitter, the things they were saying. I mean, like I've always said, I've never met a guy that's gone on a visit that, that came back and said it wasn't a great visit. So, I mean, I think that's really it right now. I think that's where, you know, this recruiting process is for Kalen DeBoer and his staff. They're still familiarizing themselves with a lot of players in this area, in the state of Alabama, in the southeast. It might be a little bit slower. I'm going to uh, – just my gut tells me, Gary – that, you know, some Alabama fans might get a little antsy, where are the commitments or whatever. You know, look, I think they're still familiarizing themselves. They're still trying to, you know, make evaluations of players and all of these different things. So I think, you know, it's, it's going to be a little bit slower process, if you want to put it that way. That's just my kind of my takeaway. But a lot of the guys they had, you mentioned C.J. Wiley. They had a, some uh, outstanding other receivers that were here. Derek Smith from Selma Southside, a really good player, could play both ways. Travis Smith from Atlanta Westlake's a guy that I think they're looking for this kind of receiver. Six four has great height. You know, they had some of those guys at Washington. I think they're gonna be looking for some more receivers. Marcus Harris from Santa Ana, California. Both those guys, Smith and Harris, picked up offers. Hey, another guy I've been hearing about for several months. I mean for a long time. Uh, one of my Louisiana sources has been telling me, I'm talking about going way back when Saban was here, was watch out for this running back from Opelousas, Louisiana, Deshaun Ford. You know, he's really underrated. There's a lot of great talent down there in that state. Sometimes it gets overlooked, and you know that. You know, Gary, I'm hearing a lot of great things about him as a player, and he, he picked up an offer. i tell you one that you might want to kind of keep an eye on. I'm, I'm really kind of keeping my eye on Josiah Charmer. Uh, it was originally committed to Washington. He's a defensive lineman, could play offense, but he, he's primarily a defensive lineman from Folsom, California. That's a guy to really keep an eye on. I think, you know, there could be a could be something eventually. He it, it would not surprise me if he, he pulled 
linebacker for Alabama. Jordan Young's a great safety prospect out of North Carolina that, that they had in. So you kind of get the drift, uh, you know, some really outstanding players. Hey, Roger Sharma is from uh, Folsom, California. Uh, Jonah Williams, neck of the woods. So there's some history there with, with yeah. Alabama. Yeah, they just they reeled them in here. And as I said, it's kind of you're trying to kind of, um, if you're DeBoer, you know, sure up the 2024 class, make sure everybody's happy that's signed and understands what their what their roles are going to be. And, uh, you know, and at the same time, uh, working on getting commitments from 2025. The 2024 class is not done. They're going to add, as I mentioned uh, earlier, with Quentin Reese, Ryan Williams, and Noah Carter on Wednesday. And those are three players that, uh, my gosh, man, that's a pretty good way to cap it off, Rod, for 2024. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, in the first six days, you know, after he got here, he landed three great transfers from Washington, Mack and Brelsford, Bernard. And he also landed recommitments from uh, Ryan Williams, who's one of the most discussed players to come out of this state in years, obviously very talented receiver from Sarah Land. And also, uh, you know, Noah Carter, who was committed to him and signed with Washington back in December. Uh, you know, he's an incredible pass rush guy, you know, great athlete, 6'4", 20, great frame, uh, tremendous speed, quickness, tracks down guys from the backside. But, you know, Gary, you watch his tape, too, as a receiver. He's extremely impressive. I mean, you know, he, he scored, I think, 11 touchdowns this year, led his team, or 10 touchdowns. I'm sorry, he had 11 sacks on defense. So uh, he's, a, he's a tremendous addition, I think, to this class as well. You had a story out yes, uh, last week, actually, and uh, brought back some memories for Alabama fans in our age range. And that was on 2025 four-star linebacker Anthony Saka out of Philadelphia, St. Joe's Prep. His father, Tony Saka, was the quarterback in 1988. When Pitt State came to Legion Field and Derek Thomas had a uh, um, just a, a, a signature game against Saka in the Nittany Lions, and, and uh, so here's kind of some history with with uh, Anthony Saka. Is uh, realistic that Alabama is a potential landing spot for him? You know, look, I mean, he's a Penn State legacy, obviously. Uh, I think he's probably grown up a pretty strong Penn State fan. Now, again, he came down here. He was another one that was here, a four-star linebacker out of St. Joseph's Prep up there. Um, he is a uh, you know good-looking prospect. There's no doubt. And again, I, I really don't know what you know his thinking is right now in terms of uh, you know when you, when you talk about making a final decision. We're you know it's funny how people are get caught up in this, and you know we're we're a year away. We're still trying to wrap up this 24 class, as you mentioned. Uh, but no, Sack is a uh, he's a really good-looking player, and he was here and. Uh, you know, again, I think he'll be a guy that they'll continue to evaluate, and we'll see where it goes. Always looking for defensive linemen, and when you've got a good one in state, and of course Parker's been turning them out, Parker High School in Birmingham has, and now you've got Caleb Smith on Alabama's watch list. 2025 defensive end, what can you tell us about him? Uh, you know, Caleb has a really good size. I mean, he's about, you know, 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, I think he's 270, 260, 270. Uh, he's got, you know, really athletic. He's a player, I guess, by most people, whatever that means right now. And I say that, Gary, because I think sometimes people get caught up. And I'll say this the same thing with Josiah, uh, Josiah Car- uh, Sharma out of Folsom, California. He's rated a three-star player. But just last week, he got the offers from Alabama, Oregon, Texas, and Ole Miss, I mean, back, bang, 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 you know, right back. This, this guy's a really talented guy. And, and, and I would say the same thing for, uh, 
you know, Caleb Smith out, out, of, out of Parker, as you mentioned, um, you know, he's a really outstanding-looking prospect. Uh, I expect probably his stock will rise. Uh, you know, the rankings will change. Those are only preliminary. So, uh, but, yeah, he was here. looks like he had a great visit. Um, you know, so, again, we'll, we'll see how the process unfolds. And, you know, Gary, I did notice one thing that was – and I don't know that it was different, but it was a little bit more – at least it seemed to be more publicized that some of the guys coming in for visits from in-state that maybe uh, either weren't ranked yet or were three-star rated players. And uh, just, again, I, I think they're going to continue to bring these players in the state, familiarize themselves with them, uh, do thorough evaluations. I'll give you one, for example, it was Mal Waldrop from Phoenix City Central, and he's a good-looking kid physically. I mean, very good-looking kid physically. He's probably, you know, 6'5", 290 pounds, good-looking offensive lineman. Uh, rated a three-star player, uh, but you know what? Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think when these camps come in June, uh, they're going to really be able to have the opportunity to evaluate a lot of these players in the state and, and, and all over, and I think that's going to be a key part of this class. <clears throat> Ron Newer with us from TiderInsider.com talking recruiting. Of course, everybody's looking for a Caleb Downs at safety. I mean, they're hard to find. He's a special player, but a couple of 2026 guys in, over the weekend that uh, might have that type of potential from the state of Georgia. Uh, Nasser, NASCAR McCoy out of Buford, and then uh, Zealous Hicks as well out of Carrollton. These are two guys that uh, five stars already in, in the 10th grade and have uh, that type of uh, ball hawking ability, much like a Caleb Downs, it appears. Yeah, and, and I know very familiar with both of them, NASCAR is a – a really good-looking prospect. He's got some good height to him, uh, you know. But uh, right now, honestly, I, I haven't I, – I know they were both here. They both tweeted out they had great visits and everything went extremely well. It's just so early right now with them. And, uh, you know, just trying to catch up on all these 25 kids is, is probably about, uh, you know, as much as you can do to try to get an idea of what, uh, you know, what the early feel is on them. But, those two guys are, you know, obviously outstanding players. They're, they're going to be national recruits, and it's going to be real interesting to see how their recruitments kind of unfold. You mentioned something earlier that's very interesting to me, and you said, hey, you need to probably be a little bit more patient with the staff coming in here and how they're going to build their class, and there may not be a rash of commitments coming out of, of uh, these junior days the way they have been in the past. And you kind of you kind of inferred, I thought, Rodney, that not only from the player standpoint, wanting to learn more about Alabama, but Alabama making sure they they learn more about these players and make sure that when they offer somebody, it's uh, that they've done their due diligence and homework. Yeah, yeah. I think Courtney Morgan made a very the general manager now under uh, Kalen DeBoer made a made an interesting comment on a podcast that I, I listened to him, and he said, you know, we really don't want to uh, offer a kid in the state of Alabama unless we're sure we want to take him, we're ready to take him. And, and, you know, the comment was that, you know, you don't ever want to burn bridges and, you know, give it right. an offer. And then all of a sudden, you know, you've got all these high school coaches that are <coughs> upset at you. And I think that's a great approach. I think that's the way they're doing it. So they're going to make these thorough evaluations. And I think also, you know, the, the out-of-state kids too. I mean, I think they're going to be very conscientious about this. You know, also another thing, and I'll point this out because Courtney Morgan made this as a point too, was, you know, one of the, he said nothing's better than to be able to lay your own two eyes on a kid and to watch him. 
you know, to get a feel for him. That's the same thing right. that Saban used to say. You know, they want to be able to evaluate these kids in person, uh, you know, get a better idea, get a better feel for them, who they are, uh, you know, what their athleticism is, athletic abilities is in person. I tell you another thing, too, Gary, that, that struck me is they talk about, according Morgan talks about critical factors. How many times do we hear Nick Saban talk about Oh, all the time, yeah. Yeah, and he mentioned that. Uh, and I said, look, you know, we have critical factors when we make evaluations on a prospect. And, you know, we want to make sure before we accept a commitment that this guy fits those critical factors. We don't ever really want to waver on those critical factors because these critical factors are what we need in a player, what we're looking for in a player. So, you know, sometimes in terms of the systems that they run, you know, maybe there's a player that people say, well, why don't you take this guy? They did it with Nick Saban all the time. Well, they're looking for those critical factors. You know, you don't want to bring in a guy that's not a fit. It won't help you, and it won't help the kid either, actually. Right. So, um, you know, I, I thought there's a lot of similarities, Gary, to, to the way Nick Saban recruited. Yeah, the critical factors, I'd never heard of them until Saban got here. And um, he just said, hey, you know, for this position, this is what we're looking for. You know, you need to be this height, this weight, have this, you know, arm span and a lot of things that go into it. And for someone to be offered outside of the critical factors, you'd have to be a special player. And it sounds like, you know, this new staff is doing that as well. Let's move on to a little basketball rod. And boy, I tell you what, I was there Saturday night and uh, man, this Alabama team, when they get rolling, they can just bury you. I mean, it's, it's 99 67 over a good Mississippi state team. Um, you know, they're so explosive offensively that they can come back, as we saw when they were down big at Georgia. But it's hard to come back on them because, you know, when you get down to Alabama, they just keep that pressure on you offensively. But now they go to Auburn, and this is a huge game, Rod, for the fact that Auburn is one game behind Alabama in the standings and also lost to Alabama. So if Alabama wins that game, they'll have a two-game lead, and they'll have the head-to-head tiebreaker having swept. So there's a lot of pressure on Auburn on Wednesday night. This is going to be a crazy atmosphere down at Neville Arena. Yeah, I'm not trying to start anything here at all. Uh, Bruce Pearl has you know, done a fantastic job at Auburn. There's no doubt about that. I mean, they're certainly very happy with him. But at the same time, you know, does he feel a little pressure? And I don't mean that he's going to lose his job or anything like that. It's not what I'm suggesting. I'm just saying. What is his record right now against Oates? Three and six, is that right? Three and six. Oates is six and three. And and you consider when Oates got here, he took over a program that was well behind Auburn. Yeah. So I I think, you know, he certainly doesn't want to lose this game at home, uh, you know, and go three and seven against Oates. I mean, you know, that would be a little dent in his program right now. So it's going to be a really interesting game. It's going to be, it's going to look the crowd, you know how it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be a frenzy. Uh, And, you know, how's Alabama going to respond to that? I I think that's the key. Composure. Uh, you know, uh, I think that's really important in an atmosphere like that, exposure, all of those things. Uh, it's gonna, I'm going to be very interested to see how this game plays uh, because I, I do think that it could be uh, something that uh, it, it's a, I think it's an opportunity to see how far this Alabama team really developed because they're, they're probably I, – I just – I'm only speaking on me, but they're probably a little ahead of where I thought they might be at this point, what, 8-1 and in the SEC. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, early in the season, we were kind of getting a little antsy about it, you know. 
I mean, when they had all they're playing tough competition. Did that competition, Gary, prepare them for this SEC stretch run? I don't think there's any doubt about it. I don't think there's any doubt. Now, like Oates said, you would like to have won more of those games. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you would like to beat Ohio State down in Florida. You'd like to beat Clemson at home. You'd like to win one over, uh, you know, Purdue or Creighton or Arizona. But make no mistake, playing those kind of teams, only the only one that was at home was Clemson. It no doubt it, it toughened this team up, and there's nothing that they're going to see in the league that they haven't already seen. So yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a uh, uh, the advantage of pay, playing that kind of schedule is that when you get into conference play, you're not in awe of anything. Now again, you don't want to lose them all, and uh, you know and they did win a couple. I mean, they beat Oregon, uh, they beat a good Liberty team, so you know they won some. But now since they've gotten into the league, they have turned it on. But this will be. This will be the biggest test they face for all the reasons that you just said, because it's Alabama-Auburn. Auburn's got their back against the wall. Uh, Bruce Pearl doesn't want to go down three to seven in, uh, head-to-head with Oates, and they're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to be absolutely jacked up on, on Wednesday night. But you know what? Alabama went in there last year, and Auburn was jacked up, and Alabama beat them, Ron. Right? Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, they got a chance to do it again. Yeah, it's going to be a fun yeah. game. Going to be a lot yeah. of excitement. Yeah. You know, typically. Yeah. All right. Listen, I want you to talk about your book because it's uh, and a lot of people are are getting it and reading it, putting out reviews, and everybody's loving it. So tell us about the book and how people can get it. Yeah. Yeah. Better than Bama. Um, you know, we've we've kind of given thumbnail sketch in the past of that, and you know how how it, uh, it it's a lot of Bama football. You know, through the years that I've covered it. You know, not only that, grew up in Corpus Christi, Texas, after moving from Mobile in the mid-60s and becoming an obsessed Alabama fan there as such a little kid. And, uh, you know, it kind of became my driving force, you know, Alabama football, to be honest with you. It became my identity growing up in Corpus Christi, Texas, and pushed me into going into the University of Alabama, attending school there, and eventually where I am right now, you know, talking to you on, on this radio show. Uh, you know, it all started back in the city. But, uh, you know, it talks about that, how that all came to fruition. And, uh, you know, then talked about you know the development of Tider Insider, how it came about in a small bedroom in Texas at my home. And, uh, you know, within 18 months, uh, it was flourishing to the point that, uh, you know, we moved here, moved my family here. And, you know, once we got here and got settled in, going better than ever. I was <coughs> and never would have never would have expected, you know, things that happened in my family, drug addictions and, and those types of things and ultimately led to the to the death of my wife and <clears throat> those types of things things that I learned, Gary, throughout the process as a person, as a as a husband, as a all of these different things. And I, I lay them all out there, you know, and you know, just kind of hopefully it'll encourage other people uh, in, in situations that they seem that seem hopeless and, you know, how God faithfully kind of directed us through. But uh, it's bigger than Bama. It's 1995. You can find it on Rodney or R-O-D-N-E-Y-O-R-R.com. Uh, that's where we prefer you buy it. Of course, it's available on Amazon as well. But, uh, again, we prefer you, you try RodneyOr.com. And uh, if you have any issues there, there's a there's a contact where you can, you know, reach out to someone. But, again, it's bigger than Bama. Awesome. RodneyOr.com. Thanks, Rod. Take care. All right. Let's get to the break. Before we do, uh, the YMCA of Tuscaloosa is ready to go. And uh, they got through January with their um, no joining fee. And uh, 
So now you have to pay the 20 fee, but that's okay because you need to get hooked up with the Y regardless. And the YMCA at Tuscaloosa. By Tidwell Chiropractic, the only third-generation chiropractor with over 26 years' experience in Tuscaloosa. Call Tidwell Chiropractic at 752-2503. Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big-screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy Happy Hour specials, and for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos, with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Any lingering rain ending this morning, the sky clearing this afternoon, the high today 59, tonight mostly fair with a low at 36, and for tomorrow and Wednesday, a good supply of sunshine both days, highs between 61 and 64. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Winter Center on Tide 100.9. It's 46 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. For Alabama sports, Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 955. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. We're wrapping up this first hour. This hour has been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union, member owned and not for profit. It's just a better way of banking. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. All right, we got the second hour coming up. We're going to get into the NATO. Audio from the post-game media press conference on Saturday night after Alabama demolished Mississippi State, 99-67. Also, big segment with Casey Smith on golf coming up at 10.30. A lot to cover, including the weather. And uh, we'll talk about all that and more coming up in the second hour right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 12.30 AM WTBC. Since virus vaccine. For full prescribing information, please call 1-844-989-7284 or visit abrisbo.com. Brought to you by Pfizer. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time. 31, that's 800-294-8831. What do you have to lose? Call 800-294-8831. Again, 800-294-8831. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, Better living at First and Main. Visit firstandmaincondos.com or call 205-657-7465. Mention you heard about us on the radio and receive one month free rent. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Nick Cope. In the NBA, 76er star Joel Embiid will have surgery for a meniscus injury in his left knee. ESPN reports the procedure is expected to sideline Embiid for an extended period of time. Though specific timetable will not become available until after the procedure is completed. 
NFL media reports former commanders coach Ron Rivera will interview with the Cowboys this week for their defensive coordinator opening. Former Vikings coach Mike Zimmer is a candidate for the job as well. Commanders are filling out Dan Quinn's coaching staff, hiring Cliff Kingsbury as offensive coordinator and Joe Wood Jr. as defensive coordinator. Bill Belichick's son Steve Belichick will reportedly become the next defensive coordinator at the University of Washington. And Wyndham Clark won the Pebble Beach Pro-Am after the fourth round was canceled due to heavy rain on the West Coast. Now, this hour is West Alabama real-time news update from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. It is severe weather awareness week across Alabama and Governor Ivey has issued a proclamation urging residents to take time to reflect on the potential threats from severe weather and how to prepare for them. The gamble will drop on the new 2024 Alabama legislative regular session tomorrow. Governor Ivey will then deliver her state of the state tomorrow night. And the merger between the Randolph and Briar Fair Volunteer Fire and Rescue Departments is being proposed on the Facebook site for the Randolph BFD. The merger could improve fire insurance ratings. Get 24-7 local news coverage and sports updates when you download the free Tuscaloosa Thread app and sign up for twice-daily email newsletters. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, here we go. Hour number two of the Gary Harris Show here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. I'm Gary Harris, your host, and I got Justin Jones in the control room, manning the controls and taking your phone calls on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline at 205-342-9904. We'd love to hear from you. Casey Smith on golf coming up at 1030. A lot to cover with Casey Smith this morning. It really is. And disappointed that um, we didn't get the final round of the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am in, but that's the way it goes. Weather, bad weather here, bad weather out in California. All right, also in this hour, we are going to get to Nate Oates. In fact, we're going to go ahead and, and, and do that. And uh, unless we get a phone call, and if we get a phone call, we'll we'll come back out of it. But I want you to hear Nate Oates' comments post-game against Mississippi State when he talked about uh, the Crimson Tide and how well Alabama played. And um, also, you know, what's ahead. So here's the Alabama head basketball coach, Nate Oates, from Saturday night following the Tide's 99-67 win over Mississippi State. We've uh, been asking our guys to come out and try to put 40 minutes of both sides of the ball together. That, that's been the closest we've come. This is, this is a tough team, Mississippi State. I think they've been out-rebounded twice all year. That was one of them. We challenged our guys after the rebounding debacle at Georgia. and It, that's, it was awful at Georgia to bounce back. We did a great job. You know, it helped. You know, we mowed the about that, I thought, Played really well against Mississippi State at their place. We, we ended up getting him almost 20 minutes. And he led us in rebounding. Judy's one rebound away from a double-double. Thought that's the best game he's probably played. He's getting more comfortable. It's getting tougher. You know, playing spacing big like Grant at the five helps us be able to play Diabate a little bit more at the four. He, he's helping us. But, you know, I, I, we challenged our guys. I thought we were a little soft at Georgia with the rebounds, defense, the start to the game. I think they answered that pretty well. Like we, we chart those blue-collar points. And I I mean, I respect Mississippi State as much as anybody in this league. I think I coached against Coach Jans back in the MAC. 
He's always had one of the hardest playing teams in his league. They still do. And, you know, and they, they're a little banged up. I mean, TJ didn't play in the second half. So, but I thought for, for a tough, hard-nosed, blue-collar team like Mississippi State, we we did great. We almost doubled them. Like, we chart the blue-collar points. We had us for 100 and almost 120, 118 and a half, and they had 64. So, you know, Mo Diabate won the hard hat. I, I thought he's tough, physical, hard-nosed. I thought he played really well. So for a game when we didn't shoot it particularly great, we didn't shoot it awful, but we didn't shoot it great from three. You know, we were able to get to the, and we didn't get to the free throw line hardly at all. I mean, at one point in the second half, I think we'd, late in the second half, we'd taken one free throw. So for not shooting it great and really not getting the line, you know, we'd made a lot of other things go well. Some second chance points, some turning them over more than we've been turning people over. You know, we ended up with 27 points off turnovers. So I thought a lot of that was effort. We're getting our guys play a little bit more aggressive on D, play harder, be more assertive. So uh, I think they've, and this is a really compliant group. When, when we make points that we need to improve on, they've done a pretty good job improving on them. Yeah, Kai Spears had uh, five, or he had, he had in one minute, he had five He's a five scholarship points. player now. He yeah. better produce when he gets in the game, right? Exactly, uh, and he also drew a foul, two uh, free throws. Like, just what are your thoughts on what he was able to do? Happy for him. I mean, he's a kid that works really hard. It's all about the team that gets in the gym, works with our guys, works on his own game. He's he's coming. He doesn't get a chance to play very many minutes. I mean, it's hard to be a walk on at this level, but you know, when I can get him in, I'm going to get him in. And I, shoot, he doesn't play scary. He went to the rim. He made his two free throws. He hit the. One three had a pretty productive uh, one minute and two seconds, so it's good. Speaking of someone that didn't play a lot but played well while he did, uh, Wage. Not not very often you see a six ten guy get two steals and two breakaway dunks. Just what did you see from him and what kind of boost did he provide y'all? I he, we're gonna have him take Sam Walters in a one on one session on how to convert breakaway dunks, like. <laughs> I, uh, Sam, Sam might have been a little tired there, but no, I mean, Mo plays hard. I mean, that's, you know, he's one of the worst in the country at fouls committed per 40. We got to get him to stop fouling so much, but kind of his whole package is play hard, play aggressive. We got to get him to do it without fouling, but, you know, he, he turned some people over, got some deflections, made some big plays. So nah, I was happy to shoot. He, couldn't have played him any more minutes. I think he fouled out. Yeah, he's had quite a few foul outs in limited amount of time. You know, maybe it's good with his foot. He can't play as many minutes because he fouls out quick. But in his 11 minutes, he was pretty good. Six points, three rebounds, plus 11 in 11 minutes. Pretty, pretty productive night. How would you assess the job you guys did on Tolu tonight? And how do you think the team has progressed on kind of guarding talented bigs overall? I mean, we've gotten significantly better. Um, Tolu's one of the, maybe the best post-up big in the league. You know, he still ended up with 23, so it wasn't great, to be honest with you. But we also, we didn't double much. We doubled occasionally and turned them over some. You know, for a guy that doesn't handle ball a ton, we turned them over twice, and I thought those were big. But, I, you know, Grant fouled out so Grant did a great job on him last time we thought he could guard him more one-on-one he wasn't as good this time as last time but you know we did an adequate job 
as a team, we did a pretty good job on their entire team. But we we, we probably got to do a little better, to be honest with you. But I, I thought it wasn't bad. Nate, Gra- I'm a, graded I'm, a B. I'm a, I'm a teacher by by trade, or used to be. Hopefully not to, anymore. But we we'll, we we'll give it a B, C plus maybe. Nate, I'm a huge romantic comedy fan, and there was a moment under four minutes where it looked like your team had fallen in love with playing defense. Do you feel like this team's falling in love with playing defense and working harder more and more as the season goes on? Man, I hope so, because I thought from the 8-4 to four we fell in love with not playing defense. So then maybe at the uh, we got some other more fresh bodies in at the under four. I thought we did a fairly decent job closing it. I mean, it, it takes a really mature group to play really hard. Even if you're up 30, we... We got to mature a little bit, but we matured in the fact we came out and played hard for a majority of the game. But I, look, Mo Diabate, Mo Gay, like Rylan Griffin, I thought study. I mean, look at the job Rylan Griffin did on Josh Hubbard tonight. I mean, Hubbard went one for nine. Rylan's our tallest of the four guards we start, but we decided to put him on their shortest player because he's their leading scorer from the perimeter. He studied him, really locks into prepping himself to to. to covered his matchups anytime he could get himself on Hubbard he did and I, I thought he did a great job so we do have some guys more and more starting to trend that way if we can get all the guys to fall in love with playing defense for the entire 40 we could probably do something this year yeah, Coach you mentioned Mo uh, Diabate quite a bit Just where have you seen him improve over the course of the season and be able to produce like he did tonight Mo, I mean, Mo's always been tough. Like, like the, the issue with Mo is he came here and had to have surgery, so he missed the entire summer and really didn't get to play any live stuff till almost right before our first game. So he missed the summer to fall. He's now just getting comfortable with how we want him to play, and we kind of had to figure out how maybe we want him to play. You know, he's tough enough. He can be like a small ball five. I mean, he's Tremont Green played small ball five for the Warriors. They won a few championships with him doing it. He's similar size to Draymond. He's we, we, we actually showed him a lot of Draymond clips. How, how do you, you know, and Draymond's an okay shooter, but you know, Mo Diabate can make a three, but he's much better handling it, getting to the rim, getting his teammates open. So, you know, we've had to kind of teach him how to play in our five out offense without being a great shooter. How do you get your teammates open? How do you find? angles to get to the rim how do you, you know if you put him out there with grant at the five and grant can shoot and space the other team's five or if the five ends up on him he can drive the five so he's gotten more comfortable in our offense he's always been a tough guy you know even it, from the minute he stepped into practice live stuff i mean he nobody really wants to guard him because he's going to come downhill and you're going to take a shoulder through through your chin like he's he plays with some force and some physicality and he rebounds hard so we needed a little of that so when we were able, to, he was able to get comfortable enough. We could put him in more. You know, I thought it made us tougher. He, shoot, he got in tonight, had a tough, you know, second chance point. He got the old board, and made a tough play in the first half. Like that, that's what he does. That sequence towards the end of the first half when Ryland shot the three straight threes and Mo and Jaron got the offensive boards. Is that sequence kind of like a dream sequence for you of what blue collar basketball is all about? Yeah, I was. I, I got goosebumps thinking about that as you brought it up. I was thinking about it when I was talking about Diabate cause, and Jaron, too. Jaron's come a long ways with how tough he's playing. He's always had some toughness to him, but he's 
doing it on a consistent basis now instead of picking and choosing when he's going to play tough. So, you know, Ryland, shoot, give him three chances. He's probably going to make one. He's better than a 33% shooter. So, yeah, I, I, I was fired up for that sequence. That was that exactly how we want to play. Like, we, we only shot 31% from three. That, that's not we're closer to a 40% shooting team. But, you know, second chance points, we had 19. We got three of them on that play. Uh, I thought that was huge. Coach, this was uh, Jaron's first time scoring double digits in a conference game. If, if he starts coming alive as a scorer, what does that do for this team down the stretch? Yeah, I mean, that allows us to play a little bit bigger. You know, we kind of put the four guards in for offense, but if you got a 6'10 guy at the four shooting four six from three, you can play bigger, rebound better, have some size on defense, and, and, and play him a lot more next to Grant at the five. So, you know, I thought shooting he could even play some five. He's, he's getting tougher in there and can guard him. I mean, if you got him making threes like he is and traditional fives are having to try to guard him on the offensive end, I mean, he can help us a lot. He, he's grown up a lot. Like I said, he's playing really hard. Should I'm looking, he let us in plus minus. And 22 and a half minutes, we're plus 29 with him in the game. So he, he's, he's come a long ways. He's, he's starting to really show what we thought he could be for us. When the bigs get into foul trouble, how important is it for guards like Aaron to step up and crash the boards? Yeah, huge. I mean, even with playing four four guards, I mean, it, we're trying to get Aaron a double. You know, it's his birthday today. So we triple-double birthday is what we were trying to preach to him. We didn't make enough shots for him to get enough assists. But, you know, he had 15, 8, and 3. I mean, it's, a, it's more than a solid game on his birthday. But, you know, we need him to rebound well. Sears is more than capable of having double-digit rebounds. Said that multiple times here. We need Aaron Sears, Reitzel. All of them need to get in and rebound. You know, shoot. Sam Walters uh, ended up with seven rebounds and playing 20 minutes. You know, we need more of that from him at six nine. So we need everybody to step up and help rebound. When you do that, you can out rebound a pretty tough team by 11, like we did tonight. Yeah, you mentioned it already, but didn't shoot particularly well from three. Still scored almost 100, still won by 30. Where did you think most of most of the success was coming from on the offensive end? Uh, we, our points off turnovers were a lot bigger than they've been most of the year. I thought we played harder on D, forced more turnovers. We're trying to do that. We don't have the rim protector we had last year, so we got to do things a little differently on defense. We've been trying to get more aggressive, force more turnovers, score off those turnovers. You know, we scored 27. I don't know if that's a season high off points off turnovers, but my guess would be it probably would be. So I thought that's where some came from. You know, we also got, we didn't make a ton of threes. I mean, we made 15. We took a lot. We didn't shoot a high percentage. 15 is still a lot to make, but we didn't shoot a high percentage. But, you know, the, the offensive rebounds, we had 20 old boards. I mean, we, we shot 83 field goals. They only shot 55. Part of that is they lived at the free throw line, but you know we did get almost 30 more field goals than them. So if you get 30 more, you don't have to shoot a real high percentage to almost score 100. So 83 field goals, a lot of field goals. So turnovers, offensive rebounds. I thought our guys, both of those things are measured off effort. I thought our effort was pretty good tonight. Thanks, guys. All right, there you go, Nate Oates, following Saturday night's 99-67 win over Mississippi State. Alabama is at Auburn this Wednesday night.
All right, before we get to the break, I do want to remind you this hour of the Gary Harris Show being brought to you by Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law. Patterson Comer Law Firm right here in Tuscaloosa, Northport. Paul Patterson and Mike Comer, feet on the ground. Paul's in Tuscaloosa, Mike's in Northport. And if you need a personal injury attorney or um, really if you need any kind of legal advice, they can either help you directly or help you find someone that can help you. That's, uh, that's what they're about. They're all about helping people. Paul Patterson and Mike Comer, Patterson Comer Attorneys, PattersonComerLawFirm.com. Never a presentation is brought to you by Tidwell Chiropractic, the only third-generation chiropractor with over 26 years' experience in Tuscaloosa. Call Tidwell Chiropractic at 752-2503. Since 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big-screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Any lingering rain ending this morning, the sky clearing this afternoon. The high today, 59. Tonight, mostly fair with a low at 36. For tomorrow and Wednesday, a good supply of sunshine both days. Highs between 61 and 64. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 47 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Tide 100.9. All right, 1020. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. We got a couple phone calls uh, on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline, Ellis, and then we'll get to rolling. Good morning, Ellis. Good morning, Mr. Harris. Well, I've been, I've been better, my friend. Well, you sound like you're under, under the weather. I, I am. I'm struggling. I'm really, I'm really, I'm really struggling to be honest with you. But uh, going to get through it. I'm going to take the day off from TV today. I've got to try to get some rest and see if I can get better. And uh, and if I can't, then I'm going to have to go to the doctor in the morning. But we'll see. Ooh. Yeah, it's pretty rough. It's, uh, I'm not going to sit here and try to <coughs> tell you otherwise. But still, love talking sports. What you got going on? Yeah, I know you were at the basketball game. Love that. Yes. I- yeah, I just wanted to say that was an awesome game, awesome environment. Uh, we played good. We played good on defense. Uh, it was good to see that walk-on person be able to get to come out and play, and he shot that big three-pointer there close to the end. Sure, sure was. And they had Sam Walters miss the dunk, or they would have uh, yeah. gotten over 100 points again. Yeah, you seen him smile when he done it, you know. He kind of, yeah. uh, but but then their feller went back down. Uh, Mississippi State did and done the same thing. So yeah, yeah. And in fact, that dunk that he missed, though, that might have been the sequence that uh, that uh, Spears made the three on. So it might have been, yeah, it might have been the missed dunk and then the three put him at ninety nine, and they needed one more point to get to a hundred. But this team is just. Uh, Man, they're electric. They can score. They can score a lot of baskets. He need uh, Sears need to be SEC Player of the Year, I think. Well, he's in the conversation. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. He and the kid at Tennessee probably are the leading candidates right now. But Sears does so much for this team in addition to scoring, leadership, toughness. Um, you know, handling the ball. Yeah, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal player. Yes, and I love I love our coach. I could I knew he was fixing to get a technical because I could see him 
jawing at the ref, and I go, he's fixing to get it. And then, but yeah. uh, he just, well, he, he loves to get into it. He thinks that. Yeah, I think that's, I, I think that's 24 T's for him since he's been in Alabama. But I think it speaks to his intensity. It doesn't matter if we got a 30 point lead. We still want, we still want the calls to be fair and equitable. So, you know, if he feels like he's not getting uh, a good, you know, shake with the officiating, he's going to let him know it. So I kind of like that. It, it isn't about the score. It's, it's like Saban used to say, no, don't worry about the score. You know, score is secondary. Worry about the next yeah. play. And I think Oates was worried about the fact that, hey, man, we, we have not been getting any calls. So he, he uh, got another T. And he, it's true. They didn't, they, we didn't get no fair calls Saturday night. Uh, yeah, they shot a lot more free throws. That's for sure. Man. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and I had to stop by and see the uh, Coach Saban statue. Of course, they still had uh, Little Debbie Cakes in it. Well, I saw your picture. I saw you opposing with the Little Debbie's behind you and Coach Saban's hand. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yep. That's crazy. But uh, I'll let you go so you can get somebody else on, and uh, I'll be praying for you to get better. Thank you, Ellis. Appreciate that. All right, let's keep it going, and we'll talk to Roland on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline. Good morning, Roland. I feel for you, Gary, because I've had your, what you got for two weeks, and I'm just now getting up. Yeah. It stinks. It just stinks. Uh, yep. Uh, I mean, I feel awful for two weeks. But the reason I call Ellis County stole my thunder a little bit, I know we uh, won by 32 points, but that was one of the worst officiating games I've seen. They made some bad calls <laughs> in both teams, but they made more bad calls against Alabama. And I don't blame Coach for getting a penalty, getting a tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they kind you know, they uh, come down and they call us for a foul down on that end of the court, and they come down and and run over our guy under the goal, and they don't call nothing, even. The announcer said it should have been a charging, you know, call. They didn't call. That's when I think uh, Coach Oates got the technical. And uh, so it was a – I mean, I there's several times that they call fouls, and I said, man, I didn't see nobody touch the guy. And they and I run it back on, you know, on my TV and rewatched it, and the guy still hadn't touched the Mississippi State guy, and they call fouls. Sometimes I think these referees just guess at it. You know, well, it looked like he, he, looked like he fouled him, so I'm going to call it. So yeah, I wish I wish the referees would call what they actually see, you know, and not what they call <laughs> uh, what it might look like. And the other thing, yeah, uh, is uh, I'd like to get you to come in on that. Feel like say say anything, but the other thing I was wanting to ask you about was uh, I know you're close to the program, and I love what Coach DeBoer has done so far. I mean, I think he's a home run hire. And probably the only person I would trade him for in the country would be Kirby. You know, that, that wasn't going to happen. But uh, I'm still kind of, you know, irritated about uh, about the quarterback situation. I just want to know what what you know. Did did Sayin, was Sayin going to transfer anyway, or did he transfer after they brought the guy in from Washington, Mac? Because, man, it's you know, my choice. <coughs> you know, I, I think, Roland, from what I've been able to find out, that he felt like that he was not going to be an ideal fit in this offense, regardless of, of who they brought in. And uh, I think he made a decision to leave, not based on any other quarterback coming in. So uh, I think he made a decision to leave based on the fact that he'd been recruited by Nick Saban and Tommy Reese and was really comfortable in that system and what they what they were going to do to build around him. 
And when a new coach came in, I don't think he felt that same uh, confidence that he was going to be, you know, used the same way. So he made a decision. So I don't think it had as much to do with the other kid coming in as it did. He just kind of decided he wanted to go somewhere else based on the coaching change. And, and um, you know, I had heard some rumors that even before Saban retired that maybe he wasn't quite integrating here into the community maybe the way that he had hoped. So, you know, if you're not happy, you're better off going somewhere else and hopefully it'll work out for him at Ohio State. I mean, I like the size of uh, Max Scott, the quarterback. Oh, yeah. You know, six, what, six, six, 240 pounds. Six, six. Five pounds. Yeah, he's big. Uh, yeah. I mean, that can be, um, that's Cam-like, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it is. He's, he's a big, he's a big young man and uh, athletic. So I think that, uh, I think they're going to be good at quarterback. I think they've got a really good looking uh, roster quarterback and, uh, Got to be ready, ready to go. Hey, good to hear from you, Roland. Appreciate you. Okay, Gary, thanks a lot. Thank you. All right, we're going to get to the break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to visit with Casey Smith on golf. And I got a lot, a lot, a lot of questions for Casey. Uh, golf is. Uh, Ask your doctor today about Sky Rizzy, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit skyrizzy.com or call one eight six six Sky Rizzy to learn more. Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 1031, 29 minutes before the hour of 11 o'clock. Welcome back to the Gary Harris Show. It's time to jump out on the Krispy Kreme Donuts Hotline and welcome in Casey Smith on golf with the segment that I'm looking forward to because there's a lot to cover this morning. And obviously, golf is an outdoor sport and the weather can impact it, and it did for sure at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Good morning, Casey. How are you? Good morning, Gary. How are you doing? I've been better, but we get through it. Not not feeling well. And, you know, I was even in a worse mood yesterday because here I am. You know, we're having cold rain all day. I'm, I don't feel well. I'm on the couch, and I'm like, you know, out in sunny California, I want to watch the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am final round, and, and we didn't get that, and ultimately they had to cancel the tournament and shorten it to 54 holes. I'm sure Wendell Clark will take it, but for some others, it was it robbed them of an opportunity to make a final day run, but there's not a lot they could do. It was, it got, uh, it was a deluge out there, right? Oh, it was a mess, and... I played there one time when it was sunny when we teed off, and we got to like seven or eight, and the bottom fell out, and it's the worst conditions I've ever played in, and then by the time six holes went by, it got better, and I thought that's what I was hoping that what might happen out there, but it's just stayed around, you know, unplayable conditions with it blowing at 60, and um, it was already really brutal, so uh, I think they, you know, Given it's a signature event, bigger purse, they were trying to probably wait it out, but um, they, they, you know, they, you got a got a good winner and Wyndham Clark was owning the course record of his final round, so he's got to be pretty thrilled. He's a great guy, um, and and made two eagles in his final round. I mean, he shot 28. That was as impressive of a 11 hole stretch of golf as you'll ever see. Uh, he was 10 under through 11 holes. I really didn't know what he was going to shoot at that point, and everyone else was seeing tougher conditions. Um, you know, I saw an interesting thing about, and I don't think, but to stay on him, you know, I, I don't think that you're going to see him continue to win. 
I think when, and this will segue me to my next point, I think when you um, you have uh, the split in golf as in talent split, as I'm referring to, with some of the guys that live that are so good, that are a force every week, and especially an event like that, um, would have been guys like Justin Thomas, this now's their time, even more so than ever. Uh, they've obviously won in fields when that was the case, and, and Wyndham Clark is same one that won the U.S. Open um, last year, but and, and won a signature event at Quail Hollow. Uh, but I, I think these guys, uh, their opportunity is even wider now on the PGA Tour because you've taken a big chunk of really good players you have to play against every week and win against, and so. Yeah, I remember uh, I was reading a stat about Justin Thomas. He made no bogeys at Pebble Beach, and the longest par putt he faced was three feet eight inches. Smallest screens on tour. Um, that's a really good sign for where his game is headed. He's been playing really, really well. So now it's really just more you got to make more of your birdies. I mean, he shot 68 in round one with a bogey. shot 67 in round two um, with no bogeys. And he shot 68 in the final round with no bogey. So uh, in a normal field, he probably shot 1,300. He probably thought I was going to, you know, he'd be in second or third place having a chance to come down the stretch on the last day. And um, if he was, you know, if it was a normal day and Wyndham Clark doesn't go shoot 60, he's only three back and he's only four back with a guy who just shot minus 12. So pretty pretty high on where JT's game is. I mean, you can you can see <coughs> really trending to end the fall and to start the year. Uh, and then they head in next week to waste management, which is not a signature event. It was last year. He's always played in that event. And then you go back to Riviera, another signature event. And most of the guys' favorite course on tour, the Tiger Woods host. Yeah, absolutely. So two weeks in a row, really it'd be three weeks in a row for JT after playing at the the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro. I mean, you're right. I'm sure he's just sick that he didn't get a crack at it in the final round. But, you know, it is what it is. You can't control the weather. Tom called in earlier, in fact, and was worried about Riviera. And I said, well, that's two weeks away. So hopefully by then that rain will clear out of Southern California and they'll have that course back to normal. I, I mean, they have gotten hit hard with rain. Um, but you're, you're hopeful that, you know, with that tournament a week from Thursday, that they'll have time to get this front out of there and, and the course will be in good shape. Yeah, I, I would say JT's got to be feeling pretty good uh, about where it all stands because he's in 14th, headed to top 10 on the FedEx Cup out of the gates, right? looks a lot different than where it did. Obviously made that a uh, focal point of trying to improve standing. And um, you should, you know, it's another signature event where he's finished in this spot. So he's pretty close to getting qualified for the rest of the year and all of those events. And then he's obviously in all the majors, so he went from a little bit of a different finish to now, you know, back to owning his game, controlling where he's at. And then, you know, we had uh, we had Robbie Shelton, or we had uh, we had Seb Straka from Birmingham finished tied for 26, Lee Hodges 58, Davis Rally 78, and then you know Nick Dunlap, crazy part, he wins the. Wisdom Amex and he won zero dollars and he <laughs> had last at Pebble Beach and he won thirty two thousand. So um Look, let's get to Nick Dunlap because this is the reality of it. You know, he's a professional golfer now. And um and it's different. 
and I don't think he's going to finish last every week by any no stretch of the imagination. But, uh, you know, when he's an amateur and he's playing on house money and he's not really even thinking about winning, uh, and now all of a sudden you are thinking about winning. You are thinking about – and he got uh, – you know, finished tied for last. I'm sure that's not something he anticipated. Uh, do you worry at all that now that he's on the tour as a member of the tour that it's going to be different for him? I do not have zero worries for him. Uh, I subscribe to Horses for Courses, right? Um, I think having been out there the first time I went to the second time I went, much different myself. His game's obviously greater than mine, far greater. Um, but it's POA, you know, small greens, wins a factor. He was playing in benign conditions in the desert when he won. He's a birdie machine, and those courses are set up for birdie fest. And so you've just got super benign ryegrass conditions. He beat, you know, I told some friends, I was like, look, guys, he knew what he had on the line when he came down the stretch to win that professional golf tournament in front of a ton of people. He knew that a PGA Tour multi-year card, exemptions into majors, endorsement, all that, none of those people were fooled. He knew um, now that there's PGA Tour U. He, he, He knew what he was doing, and he's playing with Sam Burns and Justin Thomas. So I would say that, um, you know, the thought is get back to the desert this week, get into some benign conditions, different courses, regroup. I mean, he made six double bogeys. He's going to finish dead last. He's still even in round three. It's not like he was just out there chopping. He made six birdies, but he made three doubles. Mm-hmm. It was brutal. I mean, brutal. And, and I heard uh, Jordan Spieth say, we're playing a, a par game today. Anyone out here making birdies today in round three, you know, watch out. And and I know he shot three under with no bogeys, but I heard him say how good he played. For Dunlap to make six birdies, right, um, it just some of that's going to be new. I just think when you get him in most of the year, the PGA Tour plays to follow the weather. And you're going to get him on courses. He's not played much out west out there or in, under the gun. Uh, you're playing two different courses. Uh, POA is really, really hard. You got wind, ball gets offline any. I just think we're going to watch him in these places where they're set up for shootouts, and he starts that week. I'm, I will be shocked if he doesn't have five top tens this year, in addition to a win that he didn't get any money for. Five top tens. I think he earns his card. We look up from you know a year from now or end of this season – he finishes inside the top 70 without that win. Uh, I, he's that good of a player. It's, it, you know, you're not, not going to finish where every week. And, and, and ultimately, it was why they probably you know, didn't have him play at, at Torrey Pines. And they probably, if it wasn't a signature event, I don't think he would have probably played there at Pebble. You know, the, the whole real, you know, if you look back at Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods is the prime example. He always starts his season at like somewhere he's either very – now it's where he sponsors, but when he was winning, he started his mm-hmm. season at Torrey Pines. Because mm-hmm. he knew, I'm going to open up with a win, and then his next spot he was going to get to was Bay Hill. He was going to win. You know, he was going to play Riviera. Never really fared well there, but he was going to win there. And, and, and he played Pebble early in his career and finished second and won, won some there, obviously won U.S. Open. But he had courses, the horses for courses. Uh, he subscribed the most of all people.
people, right? I mean, look at how many times he's won at Torrey and Bay Hill and Augusta National and uh, Eastlake. And, I mean, you, you go through. Uh, so I, I suspect that we'll see a similar path from Dunlap. And it's just that's similar for any golfer. Uh, I can tell you the five courses I wouldn't want to go play at for money and the five courses I would want to play at for money right now, right? And so golfers are fragile mentally. And so you have this, these good vibes and good feelings with the good courses. And some of that's going to be a learning experience for him. And I heard Justin Thomas mention that Dunlap was um, really acting like he was really tired and exhausted. He's been on a whirlwind tour. Probably mm-hmm. was, yeah, none of this is planned. So uh, right. it's just wait and see. I'm excited to see what he does in a bounce back. I think you'll see a definite cut made this coming week. <clears throat> All right, let's get to live. And this is how geared I am to not watch live. Even with a PGA tour on yesterday, it never crossed my mind that I could have flipped it over and watched the tournament at Mayacoba, Mexico. Um, and it never even hit me. Yeah. You know, I just, I just did not program to watch live golf, but uh, give us a rundown of what happened there. Yeah, so um, John Rahm's team was the winning team. The new Legion 13 team really was uh, just uh, put together, I think, on Sunday. And then, um, you you know, Liv, uh, Joaquin Neiman beat Sergio Garcia in a four-hole playoff to win the individual. And so you have $4 million on the line for the winning purse for the individual. You have $3 million for the winning team. Um, that's the best coverage of golf I have seen in any any side of golf. Uh, they partnered with Google, so they show it's the, it's outside of the Masters. They basically copied out of the Masters. You can watch any player hit any shot. Hmm. Uh, they show a million more shots. Now, this is all new. Their shot tracer's good. The numbers, the, go, the caddy player combos are good. Everything's good. The thing that gets a little weird is they're still trying to sell that team aspect downstream because it's been so successful in Formula One that, and they want to sell advertising sponsorships. But even the players aren't really bought into that. You could sense Ron was still in the individual mode, and he's the captain. They caught him a little off guard. Uh, some of the the music's a little weird, and the, it's still going on, even though we all. I like. I don't mind playing with music, but um, it's a little weird in, in, a te- in a telecast. I mean, you, you do television. It's a little weird to have that in the background. Yeah. And um, I think that it, it makes it a little that a little funny. And they end up having a good crowd down the stretch. It's it, the crowd is spread out. I think pe- people forget this is one thing with their crowd. It gets spread out because they have shotgun start, and then it sort of funnels in. They, they just got to keep making some tweaks, but. Really, if you just took away all the the outside noise and clutter and you watched golf yesterday, you would have watched probably if you were watching both events. There, there's no telling how many more. 200 more shots you would have watched in the telecast? It's so many more shots. And this new the new technology is really, really good. Um, who, knows, who knows what happens? They're going to be in Vegas this week for the Super Bowl, and it should be pretty wild. And you know, they just keep developing – talent to the roster so the golf product continues to improve <clears throat> yeah and it's won some people over i'm probably not ever going to be one of them I'm just uh, it's just not for me but uh let's talk about alabama golf we hit on this a little bit last week but you know you're you're going into the season as one of the favorites to win the national championship with arguably the top 
player in the country on your roster, and now Nick Dunlap's gone. So you've got to go at it from a different standpoint. I mean, you've got a guy who probably is going to go low just about every tournament he plays in, and he's not part of your team now. What does that, what does that do for Alabama golf? Um, it, it, it's going to require more than just one person stepping up and taking the load. I mean, it would be a shot. There's no chance. You know, they're all happy for their teammate, but let's, it would be, it would be a tough loss. I mean, being a coach, you lose a player, uh, no matter what, somebody that's an impactful player to whatever that is, you're going to have a little bit of a, uh, you know, but, but to lose the potentially the best player ever that's played at Alabama, that's really, really tough. Um, I, I think there's there's obviously recruited to have a uh, deep roster, and I think to still have a, a great year, but you're going to have to have guys really where you got to have guys step up is you got to have guys in that all five, but you got to get those guys score. If you get your five guys score counting, you, you got a chance to be really good and a consistent team. And so that back four to five spot, if they can get those guys playing really well, if you know you're going to get at the top. Those guys are consistent. They're vets. They get, they've been there. They just need to get some guys playing hot on the back back end of this and see if they can go play, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, backs against the wall and everything we earn is what we earn, right? I mean, it's, it's one of the <coughs> circumstances that, if anyone was in that situation, they would do it. And I said, I think they all have a lot of respect, but you got to rip just like you do for the next shot. You got to rip off the rearview mirror. Here's the next tournament coming up. Um, got to get some guys going out. You just don't want the guys at the top feeling like they've got to go shoot lower scores because then they'll start shooting higher scores, right? You just got to get those guys up to me at the back, playing good golf, making their score. Given, getting them to where their score can count as a one, two, three, four, five. You know, if you get five guys, six guys, you really get your six and seven pushing your five. Um, you got something. Yeah. Let me ask you about uh, Mick Potter and the Alabama women. Um, I know that he is hungry to win another national championship. He's kind of in the past, um, you know, going with a smaller roster, but more of his emphasis on, on you know, getting quality over quantity. Uh, is that going to be the uh, strategy again this year? That's been the strategy for the fall season. Um, they, you know, he's, he's always carried a, uh, a, a smaller roster, giving out more, you know, scholarships, full scholarships in that regard. Got a few more people on the team, and so they're they had an okay fall. Um, I would assume that you would see, uh, you know, they're replacing some people as well. So that's. That's part of what what they've had to deal with. I mean, it's it's, it's the Nick Saban stuff, and uh, Jay's had to deal with it. You know, you get good players, they leave. Um, mm-hmm. That's a, a sign of a good program, but you know, currently hurts, and especially when you're dealing with golf, and you just don't have as many people to pull to pull it in. Um, but Alabama golf men and women should be clicking at all cylinders because their new nicest facility in the whole United States. I think anywhere uh, of any golf level is opening soon, um, like in the spring, summer, something like that. Uh, so it should aid in recruiting. I think they've had, they're both doing really well in recruiting, and it should build for really good futures for both teams. Casey, terrific uh, commentary as always. And if people want to 
follow you on X. Tell them how they can do it. Well, Smith Casey 10, thanks for everyone listening. Enjoy the segment. And, hey, you know, I'm, I'm really also excited about my man, Nate Oates, and now they have a basketball team mm-hmm. on a roll. Just got to keep rolling. That was a huge win the other night, big win on the road at Georgia. Um, looks like they just keep getting better and better. I love it. Yeah, they'll need to be, <coughs> pardon me, they'll need to be at their best on Wednesday night at Neville Arena. Thank you, Gazy. You better believe it. Thanks, Gary. All right, we'll be back after this. Coming up, Coming up on The Game with Ryan Fowler. Coming up on the Monday edition of The Game, we're going to recap a busy weekend of recruiting. We'll set your stage for National Signing Day with a big guest. We'll talk to Drew DeArm and 97.7. Barrett Lee. We'll talk to Martin Houston and a lot more. Starting at 2 p.m. here on The Game on Tide 100.9, WTBC, your home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The longest running sports. Your employer dashboard. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. Dog parents are loving Dr. Marty's Nature's Blend Premium Dog Food. The way she acts and the way she moves, it's just so much better. And she actually, she's like a puppy again. It's unbelievable. Dr. Marty's Deal to 511-511. Text DEAL to 511-511. All pets are unique. Your pet's results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. Studies available upon request. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Perry. Tide 100.9. Tuscaloosa weather. Any lingering rain ending this morning. The sky clearing this afternoon. The high today 59. Tonight mostly fair with the low at 36. And for tomorrow and Wednesday, a good supply of sunshine both days. Highs between 61 and 64. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 50 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Never miss a moment of the action. Download the free Tide 100.9 app today. Ten fifty four. Gary Harris, Justin Jones with you. And Justin, we got through it. Um, I'm not feeling well at all, but we. Uh, we soldiered up, and I uh, want to thank Rodney Orr and Casey Smith for joining us. I want to thank uh, those that called in, and uh, hopefully I'll get better soon. But uh, I didn't get this stuff right away. You know, I had people that were, you know, that I knew that had gotten it, and then I finally got it over the weekend, though. I uh, kind of started feeling it Saturday night, and then uh, yesterday was, was bad, and today's bad. So we'll uh, – We'll see, but uh, anyway, I want to thank Justin for, for helping me out and getting us through it. And a reminder that uh, 
Town Sports Daily is coming up at 11 a.m. And that is until noon. And then the Miller's Edge from noon until 2. And then Ryan Fowler will take you home uh, this afternoon, as he always does, from 2 until 6 with the game. We'll crank it back up in the morning, 6 a.m. with the Martin Houston Show. Whip and Barry inside the locker room from 7 until 9. And the Gary Harris Show, somebody will be doing the Gary Harris Show. Right now, to be honest with you, I'm not sure it's going to be me. <coughs> but we'll see. <coughs> we will see. But it'll be in a usual slot tomorrow. All right, that's going to do it for the program. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, I'm not going to be on TV tonight. I've already let them know that uh, I'm going back to bed here soon. So, um, anyway, thanks, Justin, for your help. Have a great day. This is the Gary Harris Show on Time 100.9 FM, 1230 AM, WTBC. This hour has been brought to you by Patterson Cobra, Attorneys at Law. Have a great day.